This presentation is from Design Research 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, so my <coughs> name's Lisa. Uh, I'm going to spend a few minutes this afternoon talking to you about powerful photographs. So this is really about visual storytelling, um, connecting our clients, our stakeholders, our colleagues, and everyone that we actually conduct the research in conjunction with how we can actually compel them through the stories that we tell. We've kind of heard, we've actually had evidence of this for most of today. Most of our presenters have actually used photographs in their stories. Um, but I want to kind of take that the next step for you. So who here's heard of this phrase, the picture is worth a thousand words? And how many of you actually believe it? Okay, so we're going to test that a little bit now. So if I gave you this photo, and then I told you these words. That's 1,000 words there. It's a story about a car. It's not that interesting. But how many of you do you think I could actually hold your attention this whole, whole time? That story would take more than half of the time that I've got in front of you, so I'm not going to go through it today. I'm going to do it in a short snippet instead uh, and actually give you some evidence. But what do I mean by when I'm talking about uh, visual storytelling? So this is combining verbalisation, which is storytelling through our words, and visualisation, which is storytelling through imagery, uh, and combining those together to really connect people. Today I'm going to show you, uh, I'm going to present to you a story of some user research that I've done uh, a little while back, and I'm going to present it to you in two different ways. First of all, there's going to be no visualisation. You just get to listen to me for a few minutes. Uh, and then I'm going to show you with visualisation. And I want you to just think about it internally and think about it for yourself to see if I've actually connected with you better uh, using the visuals that I'm going to put in front of you as well. So we start with a black screen. <laughs> um, so uh, this is some research that I did a while ago and this is about um, how much financial costs are for new families. So I interviewed a girl called Kerry, and she's married to someone called Chris, and she actually has triplets. She has three children called Oscar, Mia, and Harry. Now, when Kerry was pregnant, she had no idea that she was going to have triplets until kind of mid through her pregnancy, um, and she actually had never, no expectations as to what it would be. But uh, once she had the children, it was in January 2013, um, she could not have even imagined uh, how financial... Um, impacts would be affecting her life. And she found it really difficult to even think about financial situation uh, when she actually had to leave her babies at hospital for weeks after she'd had them. She also found that a lot of her financial decisions were taken away from her when she had triplets because the cost of childcare for three children was more than her salary was going to be. So down to one income, she started to plan out what her life might look like financially and realised that um, a few months into it, she was spending about $250 a week just on feeding and changing for these children. There was that on top of uh, cots and prams and bounces and all the necessities that they had to go through. She couldn't even imagine how much, she cost, uh, how much they cost. And she even had to upgrade her car because she couldn't fit three car capsules in the back seat. Um, so going through that process, she then had to figure out how much is this going to cost long term for me. And she never, because she said to me that she couldn't actually realise 
until firsthand how much money she was going to go through and spent about $50,000 in the first two years after having children. So as much as she knows she can budget now, our school is just around the corner and that's going to change things all over again. So I did hear a few kind of wows in the audience a little bit and I'm expecting uh, Ruth down here who's pregnant at the moment is having a little bit of a shock to the system. Um, <laughs> Uh, but that's a story that, you know, that's a real-life story of a user that we've spoken to. And I want you to think about that. And now I want you to meet Kerry. So Kerry is married to Chris. And they have three, what I think is adorable children, called Oscar, Mia and Harry. Um, so as I said, uh, Kerry... Um, when she found out she was pregnant, she couldn't have imagined how much of a financial impact these children were going to make. And after she had them, she said it was difficult to go home without her baby, uh, while her babies were still fighting for their health back at hospital, and that money was the last thing on her mind. Um, she felt like choice was really taken away from her, and she felt as though she had to give up her salary because of the cost of childcare for three children was going to be more expensive than what her salary was going to pay for her. She said to me that just the basics of feeding and changing cost almost $250 a week. They were going through only 30 nappies a day for the first few months. So they couldn't have even imagined how much of a financial impact these children were going to make. She had that, plus all the bigger necessities around prams, larger than life, um, car seats, cots and all the other necessities that were required and she said she even had to upgrade their car because their little Nissan couldn't fit three uh, rear facing capsules in the back seat she talked about the financial burden of it and said as much as she could plan she felt it difficult to understand until she was experiencing it first hand and it cost about $50,000 for the first two years and while she can continue to plan onwards uh, she realises that school's just around the corner and so that changes things all over again. So I'm hoping that that story a little bit may have impacted you more. I heard a few more O's and R's and I'm not sure if it's just the cute kids on the screen or if it actually resonated with you how much of a financial impact that children actually are. So um, I wanted you to kind of take away uh, through that case study really about the difference in imagery. But... I also want you to take away a couple of um, tips that I've got. Uh, I'm sure you might have your own, but I have three tips I'd like you to take away in terms of visual storytelling and how we can use photographs more powerful um, when we're conducting research. So the first one is action. <clears throat> so this is about taking action shots. Um, this isn't about taking a photo of a whiteboard or taking a photo of nothingness. Um, one of the wonderful things about things like contextual research is going out and not only hear what people tell us they do, but actually see how what people do. And we can take a photo of the action that they're doing it in at the time so that when we're portraying that message back to our clients, um, we can actually show them at the same time. The second one is environmental. So not really talking about the wonderful trees outside or the building that they work in, but this is about the environment in which someone is actually sharing with you through your research. 
For Kerry, one of the great photos I got was her freezer. Uh, she had literally just mounds and mounds of frozen dinners that she'd pre-cooked and friends and families had brought over for her because they realised how tired she's going to be. That's part of her environment. You saw some photos of, you know, um, the, the nappies and the bottles and things like that. That's her environment at the moment. Uh, in this office, you can see the mounds of paperwork and the filing cabinets. This is their environment. So making sure that we're not just taking photos of people, we're taking photos of aspects that are going to influence their lives. And the third one is emotional. Now, this one's a little bit trickier because we're talking about possibly negative emotions that we're trying to photograph as well. Um, and that might be, you know, sadness, that might be anger, it might be um, anything that's actually going to embarrass people of taking photos. So it's very important that we look at consent before we, do our, before we do our interviews and our photographs. But the more raw emotion you can actually capture with someone, uh, the better that, again, you can portray and get that empathy from your uh, clients and colleagues. So that's the end of mine. And uh, my only urge is that I'm sure you've all got other tips and tricks that you have around imagery. And um, I think it's really important to share them around with everyone. So thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.